0: Today we are looking at courage. (laughs) Last week we looked at what? We looked at joy. We looked at joy last week, and um, we 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 kind of are going with for now for tribe. We are going with standalone teachings. You know, I know we teach in series. I mean, we soon get into a series. Don't worry, but we are taking um, certain topics. And we are zooming in on, on them. I mean, for, we're going to do that for maybe a couple more of more weeks. Then we'll start a new tribe series. So today we are looking at courage. Um, the teaching is in four sections. We have the open section. We have the study section. We have the discussion section. Then we have the commit section. So we'll just kick off with the open section. How would you define courage? Who wants to help us? How would you define courage? Anybody, how would you define courage? And there's a follow-up question to this question that we deliberately have not put in here, but when you when you decide to answer that question, we, I will ask you the follow-up question. How would you define courage? Who wants to go? How would you define courage? You can um, signify by wave of your hand. Um, there's a lady there at the choir um, stand. Um, anybody else? How would you define courage? So let's have you first.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens
0: you. Courage, she says, is the ability something to, to that do something that you. frightens you. Okay, thank you. Now the follow-up question for you. Sorry, give her the mic. Give her, <laughs> The follow-up question for you is: Would you consider yourself a courageous person?
1: To a large extent.
0: To a large extent. <coughs> on a scale of one to 10, um, 10 being the most courageous, where six. will you, you give yourself six? Six. Uh, that's not to a large extent. <laughs> <laughs> a little of a... Large extent, I would think eight. Uh, Nine, you know. Okay, thank you for answering. Well, what is courage? How would you define courage? Um, is there a hand there? How would you define courage? Anybody else? Okay, yes, sir. Praise God. Um, courage is defined uh, as the ability to face your greatest fear. As the ability to face your greatest, to face your greatest fear. What about the smaller ones? That's but, not courage. Where you face those. For me, no. No. Okay. So, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate yourself? Ten being the most courageous. Nine. Nine. Wow, you're a lion. <laughs> uh, uh, are you sure? Yes, sir. Very sure, sir. <laughs> Where's Madame? Let's find out. <laughs> Every man we give himself nine, nine point five. Yes. Who else? How would you define courage? How would you define courage? Who wants to go? We take one more, and we are on our way. How would you define courage? Um, you can be volunteered. You know this is tribe. How would you define courage? Okay, there's a hand there. Uh, how would you define courage? Courage, in my words, uh, the ability to do something that challenges you. Ability to do something that challenges you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so to start, how would you, how would you rate yourself <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10? 8.5. 8.5. Okay. Okay. Um, that is very courageous. Okay, maybe someone else wants to tell us what's courage. Um, someone says, someone could say, i, I, I rate myself 8.56759. I'm like, well, the fractions? Just say 9. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Courage is
1: the ability to take, the boldness to take a step, irrespective of your uncertainties. Come again. Courage is the boldness to take a step, irrespective of uncertainties. Okay,
0: courage is the boldness to take a step, irrespective of the uncertainty. Okay, thank you. So how would you rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, On how courageous you are, 10 being the most courageous. Point five. 6.5, 6.5 Not 6.5679. <laughs> okay, we'll give you seven. <laughs> right. So courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. Um, that space there is frightened. Courage is strength to face in the face of pain or grief or challenge, like our brother put it. Courage is strength in the face of pain or or grief. If we look at the Bible, you see the word of God is filled with a lot of encouragement for us to be courageous. God It's as if God doesn't want us to be fearful. I mean, if we take fear as the opposite of courage, is that safe? Okay, so God doesn't want us to be fearful. And the whole Bible is is filled with a lot of fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Somebody counted how many fear nots are there in the Bible. And they say there is 366 fear nots in the Bible. So, God has one for every day and one extra one. You know? So, they are, and, and so God really wants us to be courageous. To be courageous. In Deuteronomy chapter two, 31 verse 6, Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, this is a very interesting um, scripture. God is saying, the word of God is saying, so be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally everyone say personally. We personally go ahead of you. It will neither fail you nor abandon you. I think if we are able to internalize this truth, we will be very courageous. If we are able to take just this scripture and internalize, we'll be very courageous. You know, on Sunday, we talked about um, going over Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Can you recite that now? Yet not. But Christ and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and... So we just, boomed and just, <laughs> like this one. Now, someone said, say, Pastor, how do I meditate? I've heard the word of God says I should meditate. And therein lies my success. I've heard that meditation is powerful. How do I meditate? Meditation is simply repetition. That's what meditation is. So what, let me give you an example. You wake up in the morning. You say first 15 minutes of your day. You sit down before God, you calm yourself, and you are reciting, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I... That is the only thing that you are focused on, you are turning on for 15 minutes. By the time you get up, you will feel power. You will feel like spiritual power all around you. Same thing with this scripture. When we we take this kind of scripture... And we, we say, I want to encourage you, block out your first 15 minutes when you wake up, perhaps, you know, and, and say, I'm going to meditate in the word of God and take this scripture. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. It says, and you say to yourself, So be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't panic before them. For the Lord your God is personally with you and will go ahead of you. And you will neither and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. Where will the fear come from? If you, if you can per- internalize the truth that God will personally go with us into that situation. And he won't, won't abandon you. He's not going to turn his back on you. He's not going to just leave you in limbo, and leave you hanging, that God will go personally with you. Courage will begin to well up. Many times we think that we, 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 um, we develop courage by psyching ourselves and, and, and just trying to um, use willpower. Well, that's elementary. The more you internalize the Word of God, you take Deuteronomy 30, 31 verse 6, for example, and you you meditate on it. You speak to yourself. The Lord your God is personally going with you. He will not abandon you. Don't panic before them, Femi. Don't panic before them. Don't pa- I mean, before you know it, strength begins to come into your system from God. Strength begins to come and courage comes. You become a very courageous person and you give yourself 105 Overtake, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. So God is saying to you and I: be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid of them. Don't panic before them. Why? Is it because you are full of yourself? Why shouldn't you be afraid? Why shouldn't you panic? You are sitting before a board of people that are powerful people. Why shouldn't you panic? Is it because you are arrogant? Why shouldn't you panic? You shouldn't panic. Why? Because the Lord, your God, will personally go with you. He's not going to send an angel to go with you. He's going to go personal. I mean, for some people, if an angel goes with you, you think that is, that is more than enough, isn't it? Imagine an angel goes with you. For some people, that is enough. In fact, that is more than enough. But God says, I will personally go with you. So what's what's the fear? Where's the fear coming from? Why are you so bold? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so um, unafraid? It's simple. I have a very big God. He's always by my side. You know that song? A very big God by my side. By my side. Tell us. Why? Because God is personally with me. Personally with me. God said to the Jews in Deuteronomy 33, he said, said to, in Deuteronomy, Exodus 33, He said to, to Moses, I will not go with you. I will send an angel to go with you. I will fulfill all the promises I've made. But I will not go with you personally. And Moses negotiated and begged and all that stuff. But God is saying to you and I today, I will personally go with you. I am not sending an angel. I'm not sending an anointing, my power. I will come myself. So when you face that situation and and, you, and the realization of God is with you personally. Though the earth be moved, we will not fear. Though this, the, found, the, the foundations of the mountains are shaking, we will not fear. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Present help. Present. Not remote. Present help. So God wants you and I to be courageous. To be courageous because we have confidence in him. Not in our abilities, but in him that he is with us and he will not abandon us. Praise the name of the Lord. This world is a broken place. There's going to be a lot of challenges. There's going to be a lot of inaccuracies. There's going to be a lot of injustices. That is correct. That is going on, or that will happen. But Jesus says to us in John sixteen thirty three, John 16, 33. Jesus says to us that I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. He says, I've told you all this so that you have peace in me. He says, here on earth, as long as you're on earth, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. There's going to be a lot of challenges while you're on earth. It says, but take heart. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So sometimes, you know, like we learned last week, sometimes we are surprised that we have challenges. We we are surprised. (laughs) And God is saying to us, don't be surprised. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. That when you go through diverse kind of, of temptations, of, 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 of trials. Not because you are excited about the trials, but you are, you are ex- be excited about what God is using the trials to accomplish in you. So Jesus is saying, in this world, you are going to have challenges. If any pastor says to you, you will not have problems all the days of your life, don't say amen. It is not a good prayer. Neither is it a biblical prayer. But let me pray that you will overcome your problems all the days of your life. That is a good prayer. Because it's, it's, it's a lie. If anybody tells you, you will not have problems. Jesus says that in this world we will have challenges. You know, I've shared a story before. Long ago while I was serving. we used to sing a song. Inside Jesus, brother, no wahala for you. And that is, <laughs> that, is what we, that is what we believed. So, and we were fired up for evangelism. So, we would evangelize our co-coppers. We evangelize the villages. We were, we were so fired. It's unbelievable. So, one of the ladies that gave her life to Jesus, she was also a copper with us. And, and she, was, she was also fired up. And so she believed what we told her, that once you come to Jesus, or or you will never have problems again. That was 20 years ago. I know better. Now, 97, 19 years ago. How many years? 97? 19, okay. That's 19 years ago. Long story short, time to pass out. Everybody got their um, personal certificate, whatever they give us when we finish youth service, you know. And this lady did not get a discharge certificate. They said to her, Is that she retakes the they don't have any record that she served, either she retakes the old service here or she goes to Abuja to Meanwhile we have told her that once you come to Jesus, you <laughs> not have problems. <laughs> <laughs> so she was upset with everybody in the fellowship, you know, and wouldn't talk to anybody. So you know, you know, at times you think you are spiritual. So I thought I was spiritual. So I said they shouldn't worry. I'll go and talk to her. So I carried my my big Bible. I I went to, <laughs> to talk to her. The way she chased me. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I was embarrassed. Her people would not think I was trying to rape her. That was how wild she was. And, 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 and I left. I never, I don't even know where she is right now. And I, I never, I lost contact with her. And I began to think, What's, what went wrong? Lord, what went wrong? And I understood that you sold her a lie. That inside Jesus, there's no wala Is a lie. There is a lot of wala in this world. So what should we have told her? You should have told her the truth. What is the truth? You will have trouble but be of good cheer. You will overcome it. That is the truth. That is the truth. And Jesus says to us that we should, we should, don't worry about it. We learned last week, that counts it all joy. It's, it's nothing. In fact, something to be excited about. That's what the Bible tells us. And, and when you check scripture consistently, you will see that the people that knew God, they never expected to live a life that was void of challenges. Check the scriptures. Everybody that walked with God never expected to live a life void of challenges. So, why, why is your own different? Everybody. In fact, they expected it and they, they, uh, they knew they would triumph over it. In Hebrews 11, when we were talking about the all of Fame, he says some of them even looked for a city whose builder and, and uh, foundation, foundation was laid and whose builder and maker was God. In other words, even if even if they didn't they didn't enter into the promise in this side of eternity, they were sure that they were going to enter into the promise on the other side of the That's that's just fantastic, and it's a story of of this of these Hebrew boys in in um, Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter three verse sixteen. 16 to 18. And the word of God says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied. And now the story is that the king has set up an idol. And he has said that every, at the blast of the, of the trumpet everybody must bow to his idol. If you don't bow to the king's idol, they were going to put you in a fairy furnace. Burn you alive. Now, what would you do would you pray that such a king will fall down and die? What would you do? What, you, what would you do? Would you say, I would, yeah, after all, this bowing down to the idol is just five minutes. I will bow down. Then afterwards, I will plead the blood of Jesus. And I will sanctify myself. What would you do? And the Word of God says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king. After they've, they've taken them to the king and said, These once will not bow down to your idol, O king. And, and, and they, they replied to the king and said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. We have not, we've not come here to prove a point. He says, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if it doesn't, everyone say even if it doesn't. Even if it doesn't. If he doesn't, we won't be here to tell you. But in case he doesn't, let us tell you in advance. We want you to know, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship. The golden statue you have set up. And you know the story. Nebuchadnezzar was infuriated. He told the people to increase the furnace seven times. Make it seven times as hot. It was not enough to kill people. But now make it seven times as hot. That The people that went to increase the temperature to seven times, all of them died. Without entering the fire. Just from proximity to the fire. And they threw these three boys into the fire. And the fire did not consume them. Huge. That is huge. Now, guess what happened? The fire, instead of consuming them, because they, they threw them bound hand and, and foot, and the people that took them also died. So the, 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 the chains, the fire consumed the chains. Chains of iron was consumed by the fire, but flesh was not consumed by the fire. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just... Um, maybe they were doing praise and worship. I don't know. What would, they, what would they be doing in the fire? I mean, let me talk about this. What were they doing? They were just walking up and down in the fairy furnace. Maybe they were saying, Praising the Lord with all my heart. Maybe. I don't know. Praising the Lord with all my heart. But maybe they were saying... I don't know. But Nebuchadnezzar came and and he wanted to see them bounce to ashes and he looked at the furnace and he says, can I have a binoculars? And they gave him a binoculars and he adjusted it. I was like, what? We threw three people inside the fire and there are four people I can see. And an Ethan king that doesn't know God said, and the similitude of the fourth person is like the son of God. He says, I can see that we through two, three people. And listen, the fire that we think will consume us will only reveal the son of God in our life. So when God says, count it all joy, it's not because count it all joy because you want to die in the furnace, but count it all joy because, (laughs) listen, you don't even know what God is going to do with this fire. But you see, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we have to be submitted to God to the extent that even if God doesn't do anything on this side of eternity about this fire, we will still not bow. That is courage. That is courage. That is courage, knowing that, like the Deuteronomy, the one that we read, that God says, "I will personally go with you." So the that Meshach, and Abednego expected that God will personally go with them inside that fire, and He did, because He is a faithful God. He did. He did. And you see. When you come to the realization of this truth, this scriptural truth, you become unstoppable. You become literally unstoppable. Why? Because fear will be far from you. you in fact, you will be taking territories for Jesus like, like no man's business. Where everybody is afraid, you are breaking down the doors and you are just taking it. Hallelujah. To check scripture, everyone that has worked with God and that will be great in God, they are excited about challenges. They are, like like, um, Caleb says give me this mountain. This guy was 85 years old. He was saying, give me this mountain. And on those mountains were giants. They were were people that were ready to fight battle. And an 85 year old man says to to Joshua, give me the mountain. Just allot it to me. Moses promised me. David was one of such David, excited about battle. It's unbelievable. You know the story. He got to the battleground. He found his own countrymen hiding. He saw the opponent, opposition bluffing. It was a teenage boy. And he said to the king, he first asked around, what will they give? Imagine, he's just like, he's just like, there's a math question, and you've looked at the math question, and you know the answer. And you're not saying, what would they give the person that solves this question? <laughs> you know, David <laughs> was just amazing. You know, you know, you already know that you can solve it. So, but you want to determine, you want to know the prize that they will give the person. So, so what would they give the person that kills this guy? And he said, the person is tax-free. They will give him the king's wife uh, king's daughter, and on, and on, and on. David took on Goliath. And David said to Goliath in 1 Samuel 17:45. 45. 1 Samuel 17, I can read it for a whole year. For a whole month. I've never read it for a whole year, but I've read it for at least over a whole month. That's the only Bible passage I'm reading. Because I can't, really, I can't wrap my mind around this guy. You see, you see your whole army, they are armed to the teeth, they are all hiding from this guy, and you come and you say that, what would they give the person that would kill this guy? What would they give him? And he said, he, said, he replied to the Philistines, to, to Goliath, and he said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. He says, but I come to you in the name of the Lord's armies, the God of, the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So, David's confidence was not in his strength, was not in his skill, was not in his abilities. David's confidence was in the God of the armies of heaven. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their confidence was not in themselves. In fact, they said to the king, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. Their confidence was that they are sure that God will personally go ahead of them into that fire. As He has promised in Deuteronomy 31. Because these people, they read scriptures. They, they, know, they know the Bible practically by heart. So don't be afraid. God wants you to be courageous. I want you to look at what you are believing God for, for this year. And I want you to determine I'm going to give you three numbers. I want you to determine to choose one of these three numbers. The first number is three. The second number is seven. And the third number is ten. I want you to multiply it by the number you have chosen. So if you choose three, whatever you believe in God for this year, I want you to make it three times more. If you choose seven, whatever you believe God for this year, I want you to multiply it by seven. If you are like me, I will choose ten. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just like, um, uh, <laughs> like Peter, you know. <laughs> I can be like that. Now, listen, that was a prophetic instruction. Many times, like I say, because I don't say, (laughs) that was not planned. Anyway, I don't need to. You guys know, understand this flow, right? You understand the flow. So let me go on. And In the beginning of the year, let me tell you. Let's go on. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, because some people don't have, they don't, they don't, some people think it's arrogance. Some people think, you know, so there's no point. Just, you just use your own faith and see what God would do. Is that Okay. Okay. There are are three types of courage that we are going to talk about, that we are going to look at. We are are getting, we are neck deep into the study. There may be more, but we've identified three. Okay, I'll tell you. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Last year, I had a financial goal. And the financial goal, ah, should I say it? And financial goal <laughs> was um, an amount not <clears throat> that I have that not as inflow from my business or that I that I that I receive, but at an amount that I can that I save at a saving goal. And by December, by God's grace, I I hit the goal, right? So. Um in January this year, I was like, okay, to stretch myself, maybe if I double that goal, right? It was a lot of goal. I mean, the, I mean for me. If I take the amount, you would be just say, that the amount of is even talking about. I know. I know. For you it's maybe small, but for me it was it's it. So, <clears throat> so I said, Okay, I'll, I'll double it. I, and I felt God just you know, this one is what like I... God wants to say something, but he's not saying it. You know? And I knew that... So, ah, Femi, if you should stretch your faith, though. So. And I did stretch my faith. They just say that I've gone beyond it. I'll tell you how many times more. <laughs> you know, right now. Now, the, the, the point is this. Why am I telling you this? If you think about... If you, if you listen to Thinking Clearly About Finances, do you remember that teaching? If you don't know what I'm talking about, Thinking Clearly About Finances, please get the teaching. We give our teachings for free at God's Baby House. If they don't have the physical CDs available, you can download it for free and listen to it so that you can begin to put your finances in order and begin to let your faith lose down. That is just one area. There are several areas. There are some of you that you are thinking, oh, I want to employ, I want my business to grow so much that I will employ 20 people. But God can grow it so much that you will employ 2,000 people. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you understand, shout out Hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Three types of courage. Number one is <laughs> uh, I know. Number one, you know what the Holy Spirit said to me. Some people are jealous. I say I know. That's their problem. But some people are inspired. More people are inspired. So I, I will go with the people that are inspired. Number one, three types of of courage that we look at. Number one is cool courage. That was a cool courage. Cool courage. Psalm 27, verse 14, Psalm 27, verse 14 says that wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. He says, yes, wait patiently. Yes, I say, wait on the Lord patiently. Wait patiently for the Lord. I mean, this is what I would call cool courage. God is saying be brave and courageous, but be courageous waiting. Be courageous waiting how? Patiently. I mean, like mean, God doesn't take courage to wait patiently. <laughs> but if you think about it, Sometimes it does. Sometimes we we want to make things happen for ourselves. And God is saying, calm down, sit down. Sometimes we want to force the hands of things. And God is saying, no, calm down, sit down. It takes courage to sit down and wait for God's timing. This talks about us superimposing his timing over our timing. And he says, wait. Wait how? Patiently. Say, God, wait. He says, yes. <laughs> you know, when God repeats something, it's significant. He says, yes. Wait patiently for the Lord. Some of us, well, we, we are too impatient. Uh, the adrenaline in our system is too much. We always want to jump from one thing to another thing. But God's saying, calm down. I'm working something out for you, and it's bigger than you can think or imagine. Wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. For the Lord. I remember. Trusting God and praying for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and really praying, 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 praying. praying. Ah, and nothing. And God was saying, Wait. Just stay in that place and wait. I told this story before. I prayed so much. They called me that someone was dying. I was like, God, if you don't raise this person from the dead, your anointing is fake. You don't even have anointing. So I went in there, and I prayed. Guess what happened? The person died. (laughs) I said, I don't want anointing. I'll be killing people. (laughs) But I got to that place where I just waited. Then, boom, the Lord showed up. In a way that only he can. And does the things that only he can. You know, and some other people will just struggle and struggle and they will be adding to God and they will be, you know, doing all sorts of funny things that God has not sent them to do. The same thing applies to finances. The same thing applies to if you are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. The same thing applies to if you are trusting God for a life partner. You know, sometimes you just have to wait. Have enough courage to wait. So that's cool courage. The second kind of courage that we're going to look at is risky courage. Risky courage. Risky courage. In Matthew 14, 29, the Word of God says in Matthew 14, 29, it says, yes, come. This is, this is Jesus speaking to um, Peter. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. So this is risky courage. Sometimes, Jesus, God will prompt you to take a step and that step, <laughs> if you... If God does if you take that step and God doesn't show up, you are going to sink, you know? So it's risky courage. It's courage that trusts God To show up. Just like Shadrach, Meshach and and Abednego. What they had there was risky courage. They didn't hear any voice of the Holy Spirit telling them not to bow. They just knew this is the principle of heaven. You are to serve the Lord your God and only Him shall you bow down to. They don't need the Holy Ghost to tell them. They just know we are not going to do it. And what they went through was risky courage. What What they demonstrated rather, was risky courage. Peter, stepping on water was risky courage. I've shared before, imagine Peter wanted to step on water and, 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 and Thomas is saying to Peter, 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 let Jesus come and meet us in the boat. You don't have to walk on water, Peter. You really don't have to. Think about it. Does Peter really have to walk on water? Really, really? No. Just stay in the boat like a good boy and let Jesus come and meet us. But Peter says, if it is you, Tell me to walk on water. Sometimes, God wants us to be daring. And he shows up. Shows up. Number three. So the first is is what? Cool courage. The second is what? Risky courage. The third that we're going to look at is truth-speaking courage. Truth-speaking courage. Truth-speaking courage. In Acts chapter 5, from verse 28 to 29. Acts 5, 28 to 29. He says, We gave you strict orders, never again to teach in the name of Jesus, in this man's name. He said, Instead, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching about him. And you want to make us responsible for his death. Now the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. If it says, don't preach about Jesus. Like they said, in cardinal rights in a different way. What do you do? They say, okay, come and take a license. If you don't have a license, don't preach about Jesus. What do you do? Jesus did not tell us to collect license from any government to evangelize, did he? So you go and evangelize. They put you in jail. Fine. Speaking truth. Truth speaking courage. You see, and sometimes this is on a grand scale. You have the authority of the land saying to the people, don't preach about Jesus. let's bring it home and let's just look at on a smaller scale you have wife seeing husband doing things that are out of line with God and she doesn't have the courage to look him in the face and to say baby I love you but if you continue this way you are going to take this family down or wife messing up but husband is too afraid because he still wants to be eating uh, a icon, you know he's too afraid to talk if I rock the boat I will starve you know, he cannot look his wife in the face and speak the truth and say, baby, we need to set these things straight. These things are not in line. We can look at even our relationships. We have siblings that are doing things upside down. You cannot speak the truth to them. You are scared. Why? Because they will call you names. They will say you are an extremist. They will say you are a fanatic. They will say they will ostracize you from the family party. They will invite you for their Christmas party. They don't need to invite you. Just show up. <laughs> <laughs> President of the Lord. Truth speaking courage. You know? Some of us is among our friends. We can't tell them our stand. We have friends that will be shocked that you are, you are a Christian because you make sure that there's nothing around you that talks about Jesus at work. You eliminate Christ from your car even when you give them a ride. I remember when I got saved in, in my final year in I got saved and, and I, I went to fellowship because, you know, I, and as I got to that fellowship, the usher, this guy, I've never seen him, even, I've never even seen him in, thai, in class. we were in the same class, we was very tired, well-talked team. He was the usher at the door, and I looked at him, and I said, So you have been saved. So you are saved. And you saw me year one, year two, year three. Even year four, you didn't tell me anything about Jesus. I wanted to punch him on the face. You know, now I was just. I was a new believer, you know. So I did. I I still had a lot of rough edges, but I was really upset. So I took him up in class. How can you be saved and you keep quiet? About like, do you want me to go to hell? He says, "No, he was happy." That was why he was happy when he saw me. I said, "You were happy when you saw me. Do you even know how I got there?" Sometimes, we need the truth-speaking courage to just speak the truth. The problem with a lot of us is that we are on a liking campaign. We want people to like us. And it's okay to be at peace with people. God wants us to be at peace with people. But sometimes, people, you, it is not in your power to make people like you. But when you want to make people like you, you won't be all that God has called you to be. Don't speak the truth. So we take four questions and we are done. Number one Why do we sometimes fret and are not courageous? Who wants to say why? Why do we sometimes fret? Maybe in the case of a cool courage situation, or risky courage situation, or truth speaking courage situation, why do we sometimes fret and are not courageous? Wants help us? Okay, yes sir. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think uh when we are facing the, um, the new challenge, we tend to face um, or Okay, when we are facing the unknown new, no a new, a ch- new uh, uh problem challenge yeah, that's that's, it, that's the unknown. Unknown. Yes. Yeah. what of the unknown, a new unknown, terrain, a new terrain, challenge. Exactly. You know. Uh, I remember when I was um, when I started my career as um, a sportman. I was representing a state then. Okay. So my first competition, I was so so nervous. Right. Because um, that was my first, you know, uh, national competition. competition. So I was so so scared. I missed. I messed up. I started right. all my routines. So. <laughs> okay. So. Facing t- a new terrain, you know, makes us um, not have courage. We, we makes us fearful. Thank you, sir. Um, question number two. There's nobody else to contribute to that. Oh, there is. Okay. Okay, so one person. Then take the mic there quickly. Let's have you. Yeah. Okay,
2: sometimes we feel like um, we are not capable. Sometimes when we look at ourselves and we feel, oh, there's no way I can do this. I right. will quickly share an experience I had when I was in the university. And I was going home from from the university. And I was supposed to get into a bus. And then I felt led to share the gospel while in the bus. Right. And I looked around me and I felt everybody in the bus there. It was around the time market women were coming back, you know, from the market. And I felt if I shared the gospel in English language, I wasn't going to achieve anything. I'm like, I have right. to share the gospel in Yoruba language. I don't think I can. And I struggled and struggled and struggled. Eventually, I opened my mouth and the Holy Spirit just to control. Right. And by the time I was done, quite a number of people in the bus that they gave their lives to Christ and quite Amen. a number of them were even weeping. Amen. That was to say the Holy Spirit did the work. I, I felt I was um, you know, I couldn't do it.
0: Amen. Okay, so when we when we feel inadequate, we should remember that God will personally go with us. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Um, I feel we sometimes fret
1: and are not courageous because we don't have enough of the word in us, you know. Because it's the word that produces faith. The word produces courage. You know, it backs. It it strengthens you basically. And um, the other point is that um, we fret and are not courageous because. Yeah, we like
0: the word. We like the word. So, let's meditate on the word, get the word in our system, and um, courage will come. Number two, cool courage, risky courage, and truth-speaking courage. Which comes more easily to you, and which do you find harder? <clears throat> which comes more easily to you, which do you find harder to execute? wants to go. Uh... Uh, okay, there's a hand there which comes easily to you, and which do you find harder to execute for me? I think, um, risky courage is the one that comes easily for me. That comes easily for you, yeah. The speaking courage, (laughs) I I may say it, but speaking courage, yeah. Then the cool one, too, kind of comes easy because you can just be patient. Do, it's different from being docile. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes, but I'll take it that, that the risky courage comes easier for you and this truth-speaking courage, you struggle with it. Yeah, especially you... when it deals with um, people that are... High authority. Yes. yes. Are you last born? It's last born syndrome. <laughs> it's last born syndrome. <clears throat> they bullied you so much. You have been scared. Jesus will heal you. <laughs> Um, anybody else before we go to this question? Okay, question number three. It's easy to speak faith and courage in times of calm and peace. Can you share a time when the storm hits your boat, your little boat, and it looked as if you would go under and it took courage to stand firm? How did that go? Who wants to share? If you lived long enough, I'm sure you have one, one or two of such experiences, if no more. Okay, yeah, there are hands there. I would require the fire today. Okay, one, two. Praise God. Hallelujah.
3: Mine actually happened um, when I lost my dad. Right. Okay. Um, it's something that has never happened to me before, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you lose your dad once, my dear. <laughs> Only once. <laughs> okay. Uh,
3: then, um, the process of the burial. You know, it was actually um, a hit on me, um, being the first daughter. And um, I have another brother, but he's the timid type, so he, he can't really. And then, you know, for everything they want to do, he'll push me forward to, you know, you have to do this. You have So, to
0: you don't have truth-speaking it. courage issues. No. He has it. Okay.
3: So, um, I was able to, to stand. Okay,
0: yes. awesome. Yeah. Praise God.
3: Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think, um, this had to do with, um, when we were, uh, we woke up and eight men were in our home. I think that, that was when I was pregnant.
1: Wow.
3: Six, I was six months pregnant for Elizabeth. Okay. And we just heard a strange voice, you know, that answered you know, my husband when he said who is there? He said now we uh-huh. I just I I <laughs> I just needed God. I said, Lord, we are in the valley of the shadow of death right oh. now. You have to see us true. And I thank God because um it was an ordeal, you know. But God saw us through, Amen. you know, and I thank God for courage and for strength. Uh, They were uh, handling my husband and all that, you know, but I was calm. They kept telling me, we'll go kill your husband. I said, please don't kill him. (laughs) You know, I was so composed. (laughs) In the midst of that, they gave me a slap. I was still composed. Say, Madam, bring the dollars. I say, we don't have dollars. If we had, we'll give you. You know, I was, I was speaking in all of that. I just want to thank God because he saw us through. Amen. And nobody was, you know, Amen. short or anything, Amen. you know. That I think that was, was courage that God came through Amen. for me, Amen. for all Amen. of us. Amen.
0: <laughs> Amen. That was a good though. but praise God. <clears throat> okay, final question. Okay. Final question at 8 o'clock. We did it today. Praise God. <laughs> what is the bravest thing you have ever seen a person do for their faith? What's the bravest thing, or, or at all, what's the bravest thing you have ever seen a person do? Okay? The hand there, the hand at the back. And, um, yes. Praise God. Hallelujah.
1: Okay, um, one of my friends, neighbor lost her husband in an accident. He traveled for an official duty in Abuja. They live here in Lagos. So the man died. They called the woman and told her that the husband had died. She didn't accept it. They had put the man in the mortuary. The company had gone there to recover the body, and um, she refused
0: to accept it. it.
1: So she started praying. She didn't take any food and water. For three days, she went to church to pray. The third day, the man woke up from the mortuary,
0: and he's still alive. He's still alive. Amen. (laughs) I know there are some Thomases in this place. They are like, can we invite this guy to church? Let us hear, let us see him. You know? (laughs) That is courage. Courage. Okay, there was another hand there. Then, if there's nobody else, okay. Uh, uh, okay, fine, we'll take you and we are done. Yes. Okay, it
2: has to do with my daughter. I think when she was about seven years old, and that was when we were in um, Indonesia. Okay. And in the midst in a country where 96% of them were Muslims. And then in the midst of um, an expat community that didn't believe in going to church, they were always having activities on Sundays, you know, birthday parties and things like that. So there was a day she got invited to a birthday party and it was going to be on a Sunday morning. So she saw the Ivy and then at, at the close of school, she saw the friend's mom and then she went to meet the friend's mom and said, oh, Maggie's mom. Maggie's mom, you invited me for Maggie's um, birthday parties, 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. I can't come. I have to be in church, you know. Wow. And um, the, the woman came to me, too. she saw me and she was like, oh, no, I'm sorry, blah, blah. So she tried to do some readjustment. And eventually, she did a, a, again with another parent. And the woman sent me, an American, and the woman sent me an email and said, oh, I'm so sorry. I've actually forgotten that some people still go to church on Sundays,
0: Wow. <laughs> praise God. So the little girl was bold. <clears throat> yes, so take that and write praise, up. praise the Lord. Alleluia.
1: Um, five years ago,
0: I was diagnosed of
1: having kidney infection by one doctor. Diagnosed of what? Having kidney infection. Kidney infection, right? So I looked her in the face and I said to her that I do not have kidney infection. I said, no, Mr. Dodo, you have kidney infection. and You have to come in for us to open you up and address it. I said, I don't have kidney infection. When she kept insisting, I said to her, okay, well, since someone needs to have kidney infection, then it's your daughter. Because this is an elderly woman, an elderly doctor. And I walked out of the clinic and I never went back. And to the glory of God, eventually found out that I was pregnant. Nothing was wrong with me. So he took courage Amen. to face her Amen. and reject that kidney
0: infection. Kidney
1: infection and Okay, you know, praise God.
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, that's awesome. Totally awesome. Okay, so for the commit section based on today's teaching, what do you want to commit to? What do you want to commit to? I'm, I'm, I'm leaving that open for you. Are you going to commit to having more cool courage? Are you going to commit to having more risky courage? Taking more risk with God? Are you going to commit to more truth-speaking courage? Write it down. Once you are done writing, let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads and let us pray. Father, we thank you. What a mighty God you are. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your hand upon us. Thank you. We are grateful. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. I know the kids are because I'm a